welcome to Blanket Fort Books. We are back at it again, getting ready to talk about one of our favorite actresses. Actually, I didn't even take consensus. Do we actually like this actress or did we just choose her? I like her. But I we love Helena Bonham Carter. I, her, yeah. I mean, I like her a lot. Mm-hmm, same. Is she my fave? I guess we'll find out. She's it. worth celebrating. And that's what we're doing today. Um, my name is Rachel. You can find me on Twitter at Abrams Records. My name is Whitney. You can find me on Twitter at Witten Wisdoms. And my name is Gabe, and I am Board Seed on Twitter. And the podcast itself would be Blanket Fort Book. No plural, just one book. We only do one book on Twitter. Yes, we only talk about one book. <laughs> or maybe our whole thing is that eventually we'll ramp up to the ultimate book. And that is the Blanket Fort book that we'll release about our podcast. Done. Okay, planned. Blanket Fort Bible. <gasps> on how to make blanket forts and podcasts. Oh my god, incredible. <laughs> Love it. Hey Gabe. Yeah. What are you into this week? I am into something that you know about, and I'm also just going to use it as an opportunity to have a conversation with Whitney about something we need to have a conversation about. Oh no, I don't know what this is. Get stressed and think about how that will correlate. So I've been thinking about, well, not thinking about, I've been watching the show Insecure. Rachel, remember that show? Like, vaguely. Is that one that we downloaded and tried to watch in my basement, but only got, like, one episode in? Yeah. Okay, yes, I do remember. So I binge season one. It's an HBO American comedy drama series created by Issa Rae and Larry Wilmore. It is so funny, so good. You just follow Issa Rae pretty much, I think, playing herself, but in this fictional drama, and it's... It's pretty good. It's I don't know what else to really say except it's really fun uh, to watch. Um, I guess to directly read from the Wikipedia, the main premise is uh, it's about the awkward experiences of a contemporary African American woman, and the pair eventually settled on the current title of Insecure. That's that's how they came up with the show. Um, And the conversation we need to have, Whitney, is that I cannot watch season two unless we upgrade our Crave TV to the full movies plus HBO package that we had before, because currently we just have standard. Well, I was just going to run that by you before I did it myself. A hundred percent. Because if you're going to pay half. Well, yeah, that was the plan. I can jump in on this because I also want Crave. Oh, okay. So we can do a whole three-way split here. You can have it. I didn't think anyone used it, and I hadn't used it for a while, so I canceled it. And then Gabe comes at me, and he's like, "Where the hell's crazy?" Like l- l- using like, it more than know. Netflix, honestly, because HBO's got everything, all the good shit. Yeah, it is really good. It's just is it Boardwalk Empire on there? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, lit. I'm in. Okay. I was just paying, like, I had all the packages, and I think I was paying, like, 25 or 30 a month and wasn't using it. <laughs> that is devastating. $10 a month each. Sweet. <laughs> it's only 20 to get the total. Yeah, I have the other one, too, and I don't remember. I think that was, like, the stars upgrade, so I don't remember what exactly was included in that, but we might not need it. Oh, yeah, probably not. Yeah. Amazing. Anyway, Whitney, this isn't an into? ad. Well, I thought you were. I thought the conversation was going to be about an an adult cartoon, 
that you were going to try to force me to watch, and I was not into it. Oh, no, that's... I wouldn't hold on to that as a conversation to have. Okay, good. Whitney, what are you into? Um, so I wanted to talk about a book that I just finished, and it is called um, Black Girl Unlimited by Echo Brown. And this is one of the best and most creative books I've ever read. Um, so it is kind of a memoir. Like, I think you would classify it as a memoir. It's, like, the main character's Echo Brown. Like, it's it's her story, and, like, everything is, like, true. But there is an element of magical realism that is so fascinating. Um, and the entire book uses a metaphor for trauma. So, like, the I was looking at the synopsis on Goodreads, and the main sentence is, like, Echo Brown is a wizard from the east side. So, like, the metaphor they use is um, her and, like, her family has gone through, like, a ton of trauma. The whole book is about kind of, like, sexual assault and growing up um, poor and black in America, like, about, like, horrible, like, very, very sad things. And um, they have the metaphor for trauma. I keep from saying the word metaphor. um, Is there's, like, a black veil that wizards can see, and wizards are the people who have also experienced trauma. Um, And, like, the book is about how you can't let, like, the black veil take you over. But when you open your eyes, you can see how many other people are, like, struggling and, like, people who, like, seem to do bad things. They have a black veil attached to them because they've gone through, like, their own traumas. And it was just so crazy well written. It was amazing. Five stars. Like, one of the best books ever. That sounds super good. It was so beautiful. It was, like, friendship and... Her story was just so good. So Whoa. good. Anyway, I really loved that book. I needed to rave about it because I've never <laughs> read like a memoir that like includes magical realism. Yeah. Can I just like back it up to the word trauma and just mention that my family, when there was a show called Trauma on TV and it was like ER trauma, like they're dealing with like physical traumas. That's what came to mind. Yeah, we always used to call it trauma. Because that's how it's spelled. <laughs> it's how it's spelled. It's I'm not gonna, oh, I'm going to read it as that forever now. Yeah, why is there Trauma. a U in there? I don't know. <laughs> no reason. Well, you guys are aware of what I'm into this week because I kind of forced them to watch a preview for the first season of Final Space. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that show. I had already watched season one, and then I wasn't aware season two came out and now season three is coming out so i'm re-watching it from the beginning and that's a lot it's so good um it's kind of like it's stupid funny with like an underlying juicy level to it if you want to go that deep but fred armison is in it as a really annoying robot so that makes it for me and there's a cute little green alien called mooncake and all he says is (laughs) <laughs> and I love it. So sounds that's like, what I've been into. Sounds like a great time for me to start. Yeah. It's perfect. I'll pass, but I love and respect you. <laughs> Chookity. Hmm. All right. So now we're moving on over to what I'm just going to say is one of our favorite actresses. She is pretty mm-hmm. bomb. Yeah. I, think that's Carter. Statement. yeah. I think. Uh, wait, hold yeah. up. It might be 
it might be worth saying real quick i by the looks of things rachel don't tell me right now but i don't know what movie you watched i have a feeling based on the other two movies that i'm aware of that we watch though um I, f- I feel like we didn't pick standard Helena Bonham Carter movies because I think the reality is the three no. of us have seen so many of the good, yeah. <laughs> major, famous Helena Bonham Carter performances. So we wanted to dig deep and find some maybe more obscure Helena Bonham Carter performances that people may not have seen or we have not seen before. Yeah, well, I searched. <laughs> to be fair, I did not search that hard, but I had still never seen this one. You go ahead first, then, because we're this is a perfect segue. I watched Fight Club. Oh my gosh! You're not supposed I, to talk about it. <laughs> I'm so what? glad you watched Fight Club. <laughs> Wait, what? It's the, fir- it's the first rule. You're not supposed oh, to talk about it. <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying like I was supposed to make you guess because I was like, oh crap. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So without explaining the movie, I, I would need like five times longer than the actual movie to explain the premise of that movie and it is nothing like what I thought like I kind of thought it was going to be a fight club which it was and that was kind of it mm-hmm. but no yeah, it is like a, a psychological thriller oh yeah and it blew my socks off it had to do oh I don't even want to say it because like are we doing spoilers I don't know. Fight Club's a classic that a lot of people already know the ending, but I feel like you can... Whitney doesn't. Whitney, do you want to be spoiled? No, I don't care. Spoilers don't bother me. Maybe just, like, do, like, your intro about, like, what you thought and then be like, hey, now we're going to go into spoilers. Okay, well, I did think it was really well done. Like, I was late at night. I started it at, like, 1230, and it's, like, two and a half hours long, so I was already like, ooh, I don't know. I might fall asleep. But nope, it kept my attention the whole time. Um, I really kind of thought Helena Bonham Carter was going to have a little bit more of a role than she did. Pretty sure she's the, like, only female who had a line at all. <laughs> like, there was no other women in that movie. Um, but she was good. She played a weirdo, as per usual. So it starts out with the main guy, who I'm going to forget everyone's names, by the way. <laughs> um, but the main dude, <laughs> he is, um, fine. like, he's an insomniac. And nothing he can do is helping him. And he tries to go to a doctor and he's like, exercise. And that's all he'll tell him to do. Or the doctor had recommended, he's like, but I'm dying here, guy. And he was like, no, if you want to see someone who's really suffering, go to like the male prostate cancer support group and then you'll see some sad stuff. Like that's suffering. That was like what he... And so he does go. (laughs) He does not have prostate cancer. And then he just like bonded with himself through watching other people open up and cry and he started crying and then he slept like a baby so then he just starts getting addicted to going to all of these support groups that he's not a part of like terminal cancer groups and tuberculosis groups and he just gets addicted to going there and crying because it just makes him sleep better and he never talks so he's not lying he's just there for no reason (laughs) and then Helena Bonham Carter starts going up and she does the same thing. She has none of the, like, she goes to the male prostate cancer group. And obviously she doesn't have it. <laughs> She's a woman. <laughs> so anyway, so they both start doing that and then they get on each other's nerves and then they, ha- they agree to go to the different nights of the week of these meetings so they don't meet each other because they just clash. Um, and then 
one night he's just stressed, goes to a bar, meets a guy, and they just start beating each other up for fun. And they start a fight club. Brad Pitt. <laughs> the, two, the two parts of those of those stories like have nothing to do with each other, but like also like Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then there's a lot of arson going on and he's like, why is all this, like his apartment gets blown up and he's like, what? And then a lot of weird things start happening and it's a really interesting plot. I would say she, Helena Bottom Carter did a really good job about playing like a woman who, um, is very independent, but also like a huge hot mess. Mm -hmm. So she's very reliant on people around her at the same time as being like a woman who lives alone and fends for herself and steals people's laundry out of the dry cleaning uh, place to go sell it across the street at like a hippie store. Like <laughs> that's her. Um, but to get into spoilers, as the movie progresses, Fight Club grows and grows until it like spreads to like different cities. And as it's like every city has its different Fight Club, they actually start like a mayhem program where they start to like just commit like acts of vandalization vandalization vandalism yeah thank you vandalization. <laughs> i sounded right until i said it vandalism and then eventually they start hurting people and it gets really scary and then it's like a cult like at this point like they are like worshiping the leader who is brad pitt and this other guy, the main character, is just kind of along for the ride. He just liked getting beat up and beating people up. But now he's obsessed. Uh, now he's like kind of like influenced by the main Brad Pitt guy. And as things escalate, all of a sudden they're like a terrorist group, like an like a anti-American, anti-capitalism terrorist group, and they start wanting to blow up credit card company buildings and kill CEOs and do all these things. And it gets really scary, and then brad pitt's kind of like sleeping with helena bottom carter and it makes the main guy upset and it's all stressful but then it gets to a point where people start to think that the main guy is brad pitt and you're like how could you confuse these two people they don't look at all alike and it progresses and he starts to try to find brad pitt because he's like people think i'm you what's up and he chases him around the country and then finally realizes that there is no brad pitt it's him. I don't know the correct term for that disorder. Disassociation or DID. Yeah. <laughs> so that happens. Disorder. So he thought there was two people the whole time, but like he's literally beating himself up. Like Brad Pitt was not beating him up. He was like beating himself up. Yeah. He had like an imaginary <laughs> friend pretty much for the whole movie. Yeah. You didn't beat yourself up. Uh, well, there's, yeah, he did. And then like the whole time he thought that like his roommate, Brad Pitt was, uh, you know, having sex with Helen Bottom Carter. It was actually him the whole time. He just didn't know he was doing that. Yeah. And he blows his own apartment up, but thought it was Brad Pitt. <laughs> like, anyway, oh, so yeah. he's like, how? And he's like, I'm the leader of like an internal terrorism group. And I didn't know. Like, he doesn't, he's like, how did this happen? So he has to kind of like figure out how he planned all these things and try to make them stop happening, but they don't. And then at the end, he shoots himself in the face. His internal person dies, but somehow he doesn't. Oh my God, who plays the other guy? I don't know. I'm just calling him the other guy. It's Edward Norton. Thank you. Oh. Anyway, not at all what I thought Fight Club was about, but really well done. Um, probably, I remember a couple episodes ago, or a lot of episodes ago, you had mentioned how DID is only is not something that's developed in later life. 
-hmm. And there was no specific traumatic experience for this guy that was um, just like that was discussed in his later life or earlier life. He just doesn't realize he has it until he's an adult. So I don't really know his backstory. So maybe there's a lot of just like not research there. <laughs> but I don't think the movie ever actually, it doesn't actually confirm anything. Like the way that it's sort of painted is more abstract and like that was his coping mechanism was yeah. sort of like he became this powerful individual that he never thought he could become. And the only way to do that was to basically imagine himself as Brad Pitt. Like basically, yeah, he imagined himself as that because of corporate America. Is yeah. kind of how that happened. Oh, and don't forget they blow up banks at the end of the movie. Oh, I know that was pretty lit. Amazing. And Helen Bottom Carter's just like, okay. Yeah. I hated you five minutes ago, but now we're just watching banks blow up. This is great. Oh my god, I want to watch that again so badly. It's so good. Well, I rented it. I have 24 hours left with it. Amazing. So. Yeah, so that's my movie. I'm surprised that it took me this long to watch it. But uh, I do recommend if you are prepared to have your mind confused. It sounds very interesting. I mean, I'm the type of bitch who would think that, like, Brad Pitt and Edward Norton are the same guy. I'd be like, yeah, I that mean, makes sense. They're the same person. <laughs> They're the same actor. The same. They're both yeah. Um, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I love Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. I want to get in his I, Lincoln. I don't know what I mean. I thought you said LinkedIn. Like, you wanted to find... Oh, yes. <laughs> let, me, let me get on Matthew McConaughey's LinkedIn. <laughs> Well, that sounds good, and I will have to watch it, even though I, I know feel, everything. But well, I feel like I did a very poor job of explaining, considering I just like, kept, kept that main guy and then that other guy. I think <laughs> you did Helena a great Bonham job. <gasps> yeah, okay, cool. Oh, I will say Helena Bottom Carter's name in the movie was Marla. I do remember that? Marla. Yeah. Yeah, she has like this tiny little uh, crazy ponytail that she wears like where her bangs should be and literally like <laughs> yeah. a, a, an inch long oh my god <laughs> Me in kindergarten. that movie also yeah. has some wonderful 1998 choices isn't that when that came out oh it's it, like pretty 90s but in the best my favorite way oh yeah 100 percent. and there's like some clothes that brad pitt's character wears tyler that yeah. uh <laughs> it looks like he went to like Forever 21 in 2017 to buy his wardrobe. <laughs> like see-through mesh tops and like it's, it's a look. Yeah, the Fight Club, like they dress up like they're kind of going to like a gay club, but they're all straight, oh, angry, 100%. aggressive men. That's 100%. totally what it is. Instead of just plowing one another to get out their aggression, they fight one another. That's like to the point of like severe injury yeah remember the scene where like he quits his job or whatever and then he beats himself up in the office oh, no he doesn't quit his job he I basically forces his manager to keep him on payroll and let him work from home in 1998 by the way <laughs> lets him work from home because he is beating himself up and screaming <laughs> in his in this manager's office and the manager's like watching like what is your problem but because as soon as security comes in it looks like the manager beat him up so he's like i won't say anything if you let me work from home 
Okay, so we gotta make Whitney watch this movie. Let's do that this week. And if your managers won't let you work from home during COVID, just beat yourself up when no one's looking in their office. <laughs> I mean, I love swindling my work to work from home, so I feel like I relate. Yeah. Oh, it's anyway. Incredible. Good movie. I will watch it, I promise. I will give you the rental. I'm going to go to mine now. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so I watched Novocaine. Which came out in 2001 and stars Helena Bonham Carter and my faves, Steve Martin and Laura Dern. Um, and this was the one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen. <laughs> I also I watched know. it just because when you told me about it, I looked it up and I was like, that sounds like an amazing film. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so let me experience through your mouth the movie. Ooh. I don't know what I mean. <laughs> Your words. Um, <laughs> so the synopsis here is a dentist finds himself a murder suspect suspect after a sexy patient seduces him into prescribing her drugs. Ooh. So <laughs> this follows Steve Martin is the dentist and he is pretty damn stupid. I'm not going to lie. And then Helena Bonham Carter plays the woman who like shows up to like seduce him and get some drugs and he gives them to her and it's a mess and Laura Dern plays Steve Martin, Frank's fiance who also works at the dental clinic and I just I I cannot believe the things that happened in this movie, it turned into like a horror movie, like literally like a slasher <laughs> film and it started out just like Oh, yeah, he's a dentist. He's doing his shit. And when Helena Bonham Carter was first on the screen, I was like, who the hell is that? She looked nothing like herself. It was crazy. She did, like, as the movie went on, but... Whoa. Um, as she became more of a drug addict? She looked more like Helena Bonham Carter no, normally does. No, she was disguise at first. Oh. <laughs> How dare you? I mean, she does always kind of look like a drug addict. <laughs> I guess. So... Yeah, there's a lot going on in this movie. I'm going to go... I'm just going to say spoilers right now because I don't know how to explain it without spoilers. Um, but yes, yeah, so Steve Martin runs this dental clinic. She comes in. She like, She's like, oh, I have like a sore tooth. And he's like, okay, I'll give you some... What's it called? Tylenol 3. Oh, it's <laughs> called Denerol or something, Denerol, right? Denerol, yes. I don't yes. think that's right. It might be close, though. Something like that. That sounds right. He tried to give her ibuprofen and she was like, oh, I'm allergic. <laughs> so he prescribed her five pills of Denerol because it's a narcotic. And then she goes to the pharmacy and she adds a little zero after the five. So she gets 50, <laughs> which life hack. If you ever want more pills, just find I the same color pill. <laughs> same color pen. Um, and so the pharmacist calls him and he's like, yo, that's way over our limit. Like, don't do it again. And he is just like smitten with this girl. Like he just wants to like make her happy. So he's like, all right, well, we're just going to ignore it. But then she comes back and then they have sex in the dentist chair. Ew. And then he like steals all of the narcotics that he keeps in his work. Okay. So yeah, Laura Dern is... She is a dental hygienist, and she is, like, literally perfect. Like, she's also, like, 
so stunning in this movie like in general mm-hmm. but especially in this movie movie and like so intimidating and i was like Whew. um <laughs> but yeah so she works there as well so she's like she's not stupid he keeps like blowing her off and like doing stupid shit and then um oh my god how do i Basically, okay, there's this whole, like, crime scene investigation that, like, he's putting on himself because there was, like, drugs in someone's car. Like, some teenage boy had drugs with his name on it, and he was in a car accident and then was in a wheelchair, and they found, like, the drugs with, like, his doctor label on it and was like, how the hell did he get this? So he goes to Helena Bonham's apartment and is like, yo, what the fuck? And she has a crazy brother who's, like, like crazy. Like, so crazy. Like, they sleep together, and, like, she doesn't want to, and it's, like, it's it's insane. Disturbing. There, it's so disturbing. And there was a scene in this movie that literally made me gag. I had to, like, pause it and walk away. And there were a few like, that made me were, gag. <laughs> well, the other ones didn't get me, but the one that made me gag is, like, um, Frank got into a fight with Helena's brother i forget all of their names anyway um and he's like scared that the dude is gonna come attack him so he picks up a pair of scissors and then the dude comes at him and he stabs the scissors through the dude's palm which is so gross to begin with but then they're like still fighting so he like reaches over and like opens the scissors while they're still in this guy's hand i was literally sitting at my desk gagging like it was bad (laughs) gross Okay, fast forward, Steve Martin sh- goes to his own home, and then Helena Bottom Carter's brother is laying there dead. And he's like, what the hell? I didn't do it, but it's going to look like I did because I just stabbed this guy in the hand. Um, so there's, like, a big murder investigation, and then this guy apparently had, like, oh, my God, this guy had bite marks all over his body, so they took a mold of um, <laughs> Steve Martin's teeth, and they matched... <laughs> <laughs> he's like a big wanted man but he's like I didn't do it but like what the heck and then so him and Helena Bottom Carter are trying to like figure out what the hell is going on while he is like literally like wanted which it kind of bothered me because when they ran like the the thing to check his teeth they immediately put out like on the news that he's a wanted guy but if they literally just waited like 12 hours he would have showed up at work in the morning and they could have just caught him there Instead of his face being all over the news instantly. Like, they know where he works. (laughs) Yeah, for me, I felt like he was on the run for a surprising amount of time, and nobody really cared. (laughs) He was just going wherever he wanted. Like, I know it's 2001, but, like, dude, you can can find someone a lot easier than that. (laughs) And he also has a brother who's also kind of off his rocker and on a lot of drugs and doing some shit um which was important but i didn't mention and anyway when it all comes down to it we find out major spoiler here do you want to be spoiled rachel or should i yes censor myself okay um we find out that it was actually laura dern who committed the murder and like staged the entire thing like was canoodling with steve martin's brother and like from the beginning of the movie we think that they hate her like he like apparently like sexually assaulted her and she's like keep him away from me but like they're still like 
he's still like, that's my brother, so they hang out, and we find out that they have been canoodling, and this guy met Helena Bonham Carter in, like, Detroit when he was just, like, vibing there, and he, like, brought her in to steal from his own brother at the dental practice, and then... Like, shit got complicated, and Laura Dern had, like, a mold made of Steve Martin's teeth because she said that she wanted to learn how to make dentures. So he was like, you're very meticulous and very, like, good at your job, so, like, sure, I'll help you. And then he used those teeth to, like, chomp down on the dead body, and it was gross. The very gross movie. I did not expect it to be this gross. I thought it was just going to be about a dentist. <laughs> Um, when you said dentist, I straight up pictured Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, like Dave, um, Johnny Depp version. Isn't it the kid's dad who's a dentist? Yeah. That's who I'm visualizing. Helena Bonham Carter is also in that movie. Oh, right. So we yeah, she's the mo- Charlie's oh, right. mom. Gotcha. I really tried to pick a movie that didn't have Johnny Depp in it because I'm, I'm not a fan. I don't know why it was not, but. Anyway, this was crazy. The movie ended with, like, Steve Martin ripping out his own teeth to, like, frame his dead brother. And I don't know. I did not explain that well. There's too much that happened. Just watch the movie. It was really good. Helena Bottom Carter did a great job in it. Wait, so is, is Novocaine a drug? Yeah. Yeah, it's a narcotic. Okay. Missed but they that. never talk about Novocaine. That was, the, that was, like, the whole thing at the end where he injected Novocaine into his gums to rip out his teeth. Oh, right, right. Okay, yeah. And he also, like, there there was a lot going on in that movie where, like, it was almost, like, it was trying to do a lot of things at once to its detriment, I think, because it was, like, it was, like, a psychological thriller for a little while, but it was also a comedy, and it was also, like, I don't know, because it really, it messes with your brain. It was Whitney's movie. I didn't pay the most attention to it but i wanted to see it because it sounded interesting and i think it's it's like the best and worst movie i've ever seen i'd have to say why well, i agree also whitney you're the steve martin expert so i just want to ask you was it in this movie was steve martin either playing the dentist character too well or was he phoning in his performance because i couldn't tell he phoned it in oh that was something i wanted to mention too was that like this was probably the worst Steve Martin performance I've ever yeah. seen. And I love Steve Martin. Like, the jerk I have seen, like, a thousand times. <gasps> and, like... I just remembered when you made us watch that. I love that movie. I and I know it's it. got some issues. Don't come at me. I'm sorry. It was a childhood favorite. Anyway. There was, um, this, there was a scene where he was, like, juggling when he was, like, high as fuck or whatever in this movie. And it convinced me that it was a sequel to The Jerk, secretly. <laughs> Yeah, I believe it. But yeah, like, if you just watched this movie and you didn't know who Steve Martin was, you'd be like, who? What? Why did this guy get cast? Yeah. Um, It's also universally hated. Like, everyone hates this movie if you look at reviews. Like, Oh, I thought it was just generally like a 5 out of 10 situation. No, it it has very sad negative reviews. Nobody real likes it. I'd say I at least liked it. Yeah, I think it was a fun time. It was a weird movie, not what I was expecting. It was extremely um, low budget, too. Like, some of the scenes looked like they were filmed with someone's cell phone, even though it was 2001. And also, I just have to say, the gore, like, makeup effects, I'm sorry, guys, but you weren't... You, 
they really slacked because pe- like two characters were shot in the face with a shotgun and yeah. all they did was like put so- like a red circle mm-hmm. on their cheek and I'm like and, really? and yeah. he, he was able to get into his brother's mouth who was shot in the face with a shotgun and I'm like his teeth would be gone <laughs> like they wouldn't yeah. be there <laughs> I noticed that I like the first time like when Helena's brother got shot I was like that's not great but like okay I believe it but then when Steve Martin's brother did, it was like, like they literally just like put blood on there and it's like they like took a little extra and just put it on his cheek. Like there was no like bullet entrance spot. Like, Whoa. and it was a shotgun very close to his face. Like she was like, like inches away from his face with the end of her shotgun. Like that should have been a much bigger mess. Like honestly, a high school performance of a musical would have better makeup skills than whoever worked on that movie sadly gotta say that's polar (laughs) opposite of fight club so much detail gore oh my god yeah that movie like raised the bar yeah there's a slow motion shot through his face oh my god believable oh yeah and this all the times that people get punched in the face in slow motion it looks like (laughs) i would never want to be punched in the face same the scissor thing did just like yeah, it sounds pretty horrible. Oh, that was okay, though. That part didn't look fake. Gross. That looked, that was good. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty gross. So, yeah, this movie was ridiculous, but I love a movie about a dentist. I don't know. There's not enough movies Whitney about dentists. loves the dentist, though. Like, let me just put that out there. If someone could scrape this girl's teeth and polish them 12 hours of the day, she would sit there willingly. I do love the dentist. I don't know why. Like, I've had braces. I've had painful dental surgery. But I think it's relaxing. (laughs) I must say, though, I've never met a hygienist that I didn't like. Like, I've had really good experience with hygienists just being sweet. I love that. And they're all so freaking cute. And they're, like, wearing their athletic wear. And they're so lovely. Like, the dentist is a great time. (laughs) I don't hate it. But to be fair, I've never had a bad experience. I've been lucky. Yeah, I have, and I still like it. I just think <laughs> it's a prolonged, uncomfortable sensation to have your teeth cleaned, but I just accept it because I know it's healthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gabe? Okay, yeah, what did you watch, Gabe? I decided to watch Ocean's 8, and that is a movie that follows the original Ocean's trilogy that I admittedly hadn't seen, but I think I will want to watch it because I realized I love... I love fraud as a subject matter. It's really fun. And Hmm. that's how Ocean's 8 begins. It's an American heist comedy film directed by Gary Ross. And it is star-studded. So not only Helena Bonham Carter is in this film, we got Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett, Anne Hathaway, Mindy Kaling, Sarah Paulson, Aquafina, and Rihanna all playing the main characters in this movie. And they're all experts at some sort of fraud. And Sandra Bullock, who is related to one of the characters from the previous Oceans movie that was like put away or like in jail or he like ran away and disappeared and might be dead. I don't. It's a mystery. If I watch the movies, I'll probably figure it out. Uh, But anyway, she wants to get revenge on her like I think it's just her boyfriend that framed her for like a, a a crime, a robbery. Why don't I remember? Anyway, she was framed falsely and she had jail time because of it. So she got out of jail. And the first thing she wants to do is recruit a bunch of badass girls. No men, because she doesn't want men to be involved in this revenge project. And she uh, 
basically sets up this heist to go steal a very expensive Cartier necklace and $150 million worth of a necklace. And basically the heist is um, Anne Hathaway. She plays like a celebrity that is going to go like basically red carpet fashion celebrity. And Helena Bonham Carter's character um, is tasked with being like the the designer for Anne Hathaway. They basically set, set everything in motion. So Anne Hathaway's character is convinced that Helena Bonham Carter is like the most qualified genius to make her look pretty. So Helena Bonham Carter has to go convince like Cartier to let that $150 million necklace come out of the vault for one night. So Sandra Bullock wants to steal that necklace when it comes out of the vault for that one night off of Anne Hathaway's neck. And um, that's basically like the big setup here. And Helena Bonham Carter's character, she definitely plays like a version of herself that you had seen before. Um, She's got like the crazy, messy, dirty blonde hair in this situation. Um, And I, I don't know, like, I think the two of you watched movies where she had an American accent. I mm-hmm. don't know yeah. in this movie if she was supposed to, because sometimes it sounded like she was get, bringing out like the UK versions mm-hmm. of accents, but sometimes she sounded American, so I don't know. But either way, she did a really really nice performance and uh it was it was pretty funny a lot of the time um the performances were pretty good i almost wish the movie was a little bit longer i mean it's it was already like close to two hours but with that star-studded of a cast and that big of a supporting cast i would have loved to see more screen time from like each of them because it was really mostly sandra bullock and kate blanchett who are doing a pretty good job but like the other side characters i thought were really interesting because like Mindy Kaling plays uh, um, like she can what do, you, what do you call somebody that can like determine like a, a, a jewel's value with like a an appraiser like an, yeah like she's basically a jewelry expert she's a gemologist is that is that it is that the mm-hmm. word is that the real yeah. word oh okay yeah. I've, I feel like I've never heard we that. work in insurance Gabe <sighs> Well, okay. Speaking of insurance, we're getting. In, I'm going to go into the spoiler territory now, real quick, um, because the thing is, is the heist part of this movie is only the first three quarters of the movie. So, for the last quarter of the movie, they successfully have stolen the necklace, and Mindy Kaling's character was able to tear it all apart. Like basically, what they did is, as soon as they got it off of Anne Hathaway's neck. Mindy Kaling brought it into a bathroom on location and she like had stowed away an entire, I don't know, jewelry dismantling kit in like a change table in the bathroom. So she just Hmm. goes in the bathroom, locks the door, pulls the change table down and there's a big table. And then she opens like, I think the hand dryer or whatever. And there's a bunch of tools in there. And within minutes, she rips apart the necklace, takes all the stones off and like, I don't know if they smuggle them out and they replace the necklace with a fake that's made out of like oh my God. Um, whatever the fake jewelry thing is called that starts with a Z like zirconium or something. Big zirconium. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what, that's what they did. And basically Cartier eventually finds out that they replaced the necklace with a fake after Anne Hathaway accidentally lost track of it 
but actually Aquafina stole it off of her neck while she was vomiting in the bathroom. So anyway, mm. the, the fun part about insurance is that um, an insurance investigator shows up to investigate the theft of the necklace and he's played by James Corden. And it's honestly, yes, James Corden, the insurance investigator, shows up for the last quarter of this movie. I mean, like, I feel that's accurate. And honestly, that last bit of the movie was, like, the funnest part for me because he basically, like, he knows exactly what happened. And he's, like, he goes up to, like, I think it's Sandra Bullock or whatever. And he's, like, I don't want you. I don't want to imprison you, basically. I just want the necklace. (laughs) Like... What are, what is going on? And basically everything goes well. And uh, I don't know. What? Like, I just, <laughs> I can't go over. Like, there was a lot that I skipped over because it's like a complicated heist movie. But it's like really, it's really fun. I would say the movie's pacing was just like a little bit weird because it's like 110 minutes. And I did say I wish it was longer for more character like development but i feel like sometimes those minutes were spent on things that weren't so important like certain scenes just took like went a little long and like felt like some of the snappy comedic moments felt really sluggish for some reason as the as though the editing like let the shot linger on the actor's face for like several seconds after they talk and i'm like Ooh, this this comedy feels a little offbeat here, um, as though it was like hastily edited when they made the movie. But otherwise, wonderful performances, really fun story. I love fraud movies. I'm definitely going to watch the rest of the Oceans trilogy. Um, and I guess Helena Bonham Carter, she was mostly a supporting character, but it was it was a good pick, I think. I just say that this sounds exactly like the episode of CSI that Nelly Furtado guest starred on where she's a jewel thief and she goes what? into the jeweler. Yeah. And she tries on a ring and then she pretends to get it stuck on her finger. So she like puts it in her mouth to like get it off. And when it's in her mouth, she switches out the real ring for a fake one. And it's like amazing. Oh my gosh. I want to see Great that. Episode. I've, I've never, so I didn't know that happened. I, I want to watch it. Yeah. It's really old, but it's, like, stuck in my head. <laughs> I would have preferred that she just sang Turn Off the Light and then, like, um, an entire, like, flash mob comes out and actually cuts the power for two seconds, and that's when she switches it. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, yeah, cutting the power is a good move when you're stealing things. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. that's what I got. We like Helena Bonham Carter. But I don't even like her as much as I just like saying her name. It's a good name. Same. It's such a great name. Let's quickly name off some uh, Helena Bottom Carter performances that we haven't mentioned that we really like. Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. I was <laughs> just thinking, yeah. Wonderful. Charlie the Chocolate Factory, now that um, I remember she's in that. Love that movie. The one about the teenage wizard who goes to the magical school that we're not going to mention. Oh, when she plays when she plays an evil witch lady, that's that's a really good performance from her, honestly. And uh, so good. uh, Oh, I just thought of one as well. What was it? Um, Les Mis 2012 when she plays uh, Les Mis master of the house. But the lady in that song. Oh, my God. I don't remember her name. Oh, yeah, that was. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. We love Helena Bonham Carter, and I think that just slides perfectly into my question. Okay. So I'm going to take this opportunity. 
Um, Rachel, I don't think you're going to like this question. I'm sorry. I'm going to ask it anyway. Oh, no. Excited. Um, so because Helena Bonham Carter has done like a shit ton of musicals, my question is, if you could play any character in any musical, who would you pick? Fairy Godmother in Shrek 2. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a good choice. Yeah, I love her. Choice. I like evil You'd people. You'd be perfect. Wait, so I have to okay, I'm, act what? as I have to act in this musical as whatever yeah, character I want. Like we're just gonna imagine that like we all have like like Rachel and Gabe can sing I can't, but we're gonna pretend that we all have like perfect, amazing talent and could get any role that we wanted and we would just kill it. I'm gonna go while Gabe's thinking mm-hmm. because my dream role is from Lamez and it's Eponine because she is perfect. Mm. Or also, um, Angelica Schuyler definitely here for that because I love just like a pining heartbroken woman it's my Hmm. dream goal to be heartbroken yes (laughs) lit (laughs) oh my god also Mimi from Rent just I love (laughs) those characters I love musicals I'm not a big musical person but I don't specifically dislike them I'm not a big fan of Andrew Lloyd Webber as a person who writes music that probably stems from my dad hating Andrew Lloyd Webber the only musical I, really? that comes to mind by him is Cats. Is there a different one? Did he um, not Phantom do of the Opera? Yeah, and did he not do Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat? Did he really do both of those? Mm-hmm. I do I not like great. Phantom of the Opera. I think the music from Phantom of the Opera is pretty good. I mean, most the, of the time in a musical, I'm just like, why are you screaming what you are thinking through song? Like, it's just so much. The first time I watched Phantom, I had no idea what anyone was saying. Like, watched it without subtitles <laughs> and did not catch a single line of dialogue. And then I rewatched it and was like, oh, yeah, this yeah. is good. I honestly, I want to play, like, any role that I'm allowed to in Into the Woods because I just think that that's the, my almost... Oh, my God. Like, yeah. I've never that seen that. Might I'm be in. my favorite musical music honestly to go back to it's literally so good because it's just so wonderfully complicated and while it repeats many motifs a lot um throughout the movie and it's one of those where they sing the whole time it's just it's so complicated and lyrically dense because there's just so much packed into it from the really fast rhythm that it seems like Stephen Sondheim really enjoys writing, which I guess is, is, is also why I like Sweeney Todd so much because the music is very similar across those two musicals. Um, I'd like to be in Sweeney Todd. I'd play the, the main, yeah. I'd play the barber. That'd be fun. Oh my God. I also kind of want to play the, Joanna. I want to play like, any character in Into the Woods, though, like mostly, or the narrator in Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat, because that's fun. Wait, didn't you already do that? No. Who were you in Joseph? I was a random chorus member in grade nine, uh-huh. and I had one Not as extra line. As me. Okay, I'd, well, that's basically a narrator, so whatever. You know, there were, we had like three, I don't know, three narrators or two. There's only supposed to be one, but they were nice and split it across a couple people. Well musicals well i'm very passionate about them and i think they're fun i want to play chris pine's character in into the woods yeah that would be fun i want to sing agony <laughs> i want to be meryl streep or rachel's character the witch yes. i don't know that's just like the most fun character in that movie or the chef james corden in the movie why i didn't know he did yeah. these things oh yeah 
like the Into the Woods cast is like stacked because you got like Emily Blunt and Anna Kendrick and um, who else is in that one? Why do I feel like Helena Bonham Carter is in that movie? I don't think so. She uh, should be. Yeah, you got Chris Pine. You got Johnny Depp showing up as a wolf for about ten minutes. And I mean, like <laughs> for ten minutes. It that's either my he's favorite. The... That's my favorite Johnny Depp movie because he's hardly in it. Rude. Christine Baranski. I hate him. I'm so sorry. I don't think I'd like him as a person. Like I think he'd be kind of annoying. I just, I I don't like him. This is a more complicated like a, discussion than we're playing off. I think. I, I like him day. as a drunk pirate. I love Jack Sparrow. Um, yeah. I love Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Okay, I'm about to tell you something that I've never told you because I didn't want you guys to be like, oh, you have to. I've never seen Pirates of the Caribbean. Well, what? you did to me. This has been another episode of Pirates of the Caribbean I've lovers seen, like, minus parts Winnie. Of, like, the one with like Kira Knightley. <laughs> okay, there's three of them with her. I'm so I know confused. the ending with her and Orlando Bloom, and I've seen no. that ending, and I thought that was beautiful. How have you been friends with Rachel so long and not just accidentally seen all of the Pirates I'm of the Caribbean movies? Because right I just I, I don't want to watch them. The never crossed my so mind. Good. I'm sure. I've, I've been hiding this fact for like seven years of our friendship. My name is Rachel. You can find me at Abrams Records. Bye. Yeah, let's argue about this off off podcast because this is a, a crisis. Anyway, yeah, my name's Gabe and I am Bored Seed. I'm Whitney and I'm a disgrace and I'm at Whitten Wisdoms and Blanket Fort Books podcast at Blanket Fort Book on Twitter. <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> Have fun. Bye. 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 B